Hello and welcome to the United on Wheels podcast. What's going on? It's me, Paul Amadeus Lane. So happy to have you to join us on this special edition of our podcast. Why do I call it special? Because we are going to tackle the subject, talking to your children about disabilities. And what makes this program so awesome, we're going to be joined by two moms who are disabled, who have some amazing children. And we're going to find out their take on this subject. And this is a subject, no doubt, uh, we think about, especially if we're disabled. And, and, and our children, um, how are they questioned? about our disability? Um, what can we do to prepare them for questions that may arise? What can we do them to prepare them if someone uses terms to describe us that are not acceptable? So we're going to tackle that and more. But before we do, did you know, DIY, that this is our 75th anniversary here at the United Spinal Association. Did you know that? Well, if you didn't know, now you know. You know. I want to draw your attention to our amazing website that kind of explains something that we have going on now. It's our 75th anniversary, and we are launching an incredible membership drive out there to celebrate uh, advancing disability rights and also inclusion. So there's an opportunity for you, an opportunity to win some exclusive prizes at events throughout the year. And United Spinal Association has launched this membership drive in uh, celebration of our 75th year anniversary. Now, this helps us to build inclusive worlds for people with disabilities. And over the last 75 years, uh, United Spinal has done some incredible things out there, the outreach, the, the different positive things that have come uh, because of what the organization has done. And this is a quote that you'll see on the website. It says, over the past 75 years, we have empowered wheelchair users and other individuals with mobility disabilities to discover greater quality of life and independence. And we hope uh, the campaign will help garner more interest in joining United Spinal and expand our reach so that we can provide critical programs and services to even more people with disabilities. And that is an amazing quote by um, the manager over United Spinal, uh, Megan Chintala. Megan, if I butchered your name, many apologies. I do that on a regular basis. Even though I'm a journalist, I make some mistakes when it comes to names. But what you can do, you can go to our website, and if you're watching this podcast, you see it right there, unitedspinal.org slash 75th-anniversary. It's our anniversary. That's what it is. But definitely check it out and uh, help us spread the word with this membership drive. Get a chance to win some amazing prizes as well. All right. Without any further delay, let's welcome our very special guest. I am so happy to have these two wonderful individuals, moms, lovely women, talking to us on this very, very important subject. Talking to kids about disabilities, that conversation. We have the amazing Teal Chier, and we also have Cara Ayers with us. How are you two doing today? 
Doing great. Happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Excited about this conversation. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, ladies, before we get started and talk about this, this awesome conversation that we need to have, why don't we give a little background for maybe some of our viewers and listeners who may not be familiar with you guys. And I don't know who is not familiar with you guys. They're probably under a rock if they were. But, um, you know, why don't you go, go first and let us know uh, about yourself, please. Yes. So I am an actor. I'm probably best known for my online comedy series called My Gimpy Life, which is loosely based on all of the awkward uh, situations I've encountered, uh, specifically being an actor uh, in Hollywood. And uh, I have a six-year-old son. I am the, a media columnist for New Mobility Magazine and also host their monthly interview series, online interview series, New Mobility Live. Uh, for everybody watching, I'm a wheelchair user. I'm a paraplegic, have been so since I was 14 years old. Awesome. Thanks. And I troll um, Till a lot on uh, on the Twitter and Facebook as well, too, Instagram. I'm sorry, Till. I'm going to get better at that, okay? <laughs> okay. I don't mind it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Kara, why don't you let us uh, know a little about yourself, please, my dear? Yeah. Um, so professionally, I'm trained as a psychologist. I don't see patients right now. I work in disability policy and advocacy. Um, some of my interests are related to bioethics, so kind of the controversial issues related to disability and healthcare. Um, I am an avid reader. I love um, reading and thinking about all kinds of books, but also books with disabilities and the messages that they portray. Um, also a mom. I have three kids. So my oldest is 14 and then I have an 11 year old and a four year old that keeps us all on our toes. Um, and I also am a wheelchair user. I have osteogenesis imperfecta. So that's a condition that causes my bones to break easily. Um, and also uh, I'm a little person as related to OI, which is the acronym for um, osteogenesis imperfecta. Awesome. Well, again, ladies, welcome. And and Kara, this is not an interven intervention on me, right? You're not. Going to no. <laughs> Okay. No, that's why I always clarify. I don't see patients, okay. but I still right. can apply my wizardry. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that because I don't want all these different boxes popping in and, and <laughs> psychoanalyze yeah. me and everything. But I know we could do a whole show about me being psychoanalyzed because I, I need I need a lot of help. So maybe next time. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so, 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 ladies, you you both hold a very unique perspective when it comes to this subject, and we have many people out there. Um, maybe kids or maybe parents out there who don't know how to have that conversation uh, about disabilities and, and things like that. People who are wheelchair users, people who are non uh, ones with disabilities as well. So uh, let's start off with, with you, with you, Till. How's the transformation been for you with the conversation that, that you may have with your, your six-year-old and, and knowing that mommy's in a wheelchair? Yeah. So, I, before I had a kid, I was I was of course curious, like how is my son going to uh, interact with my wheelchair? What is he going to think about it? I, you know, what is he going to think about having a mom with a disability? And it was so interesting to me because when he was when he was little, like the, all he knew was that mom's in a wheelchair, and and my wheelchair was 
like normal to him. And that was just natural. It's just like mom's in a wheelchair. He learned to pull himself up by pulling himself up on my wheel. He learned to walk by holding onto the bar on the back of my wheelchair and, and pushing me around. His favorite place uh, was my lap. And still he's six years old and his favorite place right now is still to sit in my lap. And, and so it was, it was just so cool to like have this kid that that's, that's just always how it was like and to see to see him interact with it and as he started getting older is you know he started noticing he the first thing he that that he uh that he noticed was i think he was around three he he noticed that his best friend tara's mom wasn't in a wheelchair and he thought that was so weird he told me one night mom tara's mom's not in a wheelchair like why is that and i thought that was that was funny. And as he's continued to get older, more questions like, well, mom, can't, can you walk? And I'm like, no, I can't walk. And then, you know, why? And so I had to tell, you know, I've, I've told him, you know, well, mom hurt her back. And, and so I think I've just, as he's gotten older and he's, he asked more questions, I, I answer them to answer them in a very truthful way that I feel like is appropriate for his age. Now that he's six and a little older, I was able to kind of describe my spinal cord injury to him as, because uh, the other night he was curious why I can't feel my legs. And he was like, well, mom, do you feel this? Do you feel this? And I was able to kind of uh, describe my spinal cord as almost like a wire, like a wire going to a light bulb. And if you cut the wire, then the light bulb won't work. And my spinal cord, it was injured. And so now, you know, my legs don't work. So that's kind of where, where we're at uh, right now. You know, I, I love the fact that that you were you were honest um, mm -hmm. with, with with your son uh, to let him know that what mommy was mommy was dealing with, and uh, we're going to touch on that a little bit more uh, once we get um, get Kara's um, take on all this too, because I think there's another conversation we can have about that where if we shield young ones from the truth, it, it does more harm than good. So we'll we'll definitely chat on that too. But but Kara, once you uh, give your uh, experience, please uh, being a mom and and the conversations that you've had with, with your children. Yeah, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from them is, um, you know, you hear a very cliche that all kids are different, but it's played out very much that uh, my kids, all three of them have had different questions at different times. Um, my son comes to mind because we adopted him at age seven. And so he was meeting what was probably the first two adults that he had seen, you know, uh, he, he, we adopted him from China and, um, you know, he'd likely not seen adults in wheelchairs out in the community or, um, kind of proactively leading their own lives. And so the leap of faith that he took to go with us, you know, and trust us and for us to explain through a huge language barrier that, yep, we use these wheelchairs and, um, you know, no, you don't. Um, but we also were able to piece together over the months as we got to know each other that um, he's also a little person. So we talked about what we have in common. And, um, you know, as he's grown in his own identity, as now a young man with a disability at 14, it's been exciting to see him see what we have in common and also see differences. And my two daughters do not have disabilities. So their questions have also been about, you know, what do we have in common and what do we have um, that is related to our disability that, you know, it's similar to what Teal said, there was this kind of um, figuring things out period, I'd say around three, two in our family that um, also had a layer of like, oh, well, am I going to be in a wheelchair one day? Because, you know, you're my mom and I want to be like you in some ways. And so in our family, it's uh, we do our very best. Disability is framed very positively as a strength. Um, 
but they've also had some, you know, experienced some challenges. Like when our family faces stigma and uh, staring or just sometimes blatant discrimination. And, you know, there are painful parts of my disability too. I broke my hip at, when my youngest was about six weeks old. Um, and so that was really the first time for my other older kids that they saw how quickly my disability can um, change and impact my what I'm able to do on my own and things. So we definitely try to handle all that with honesty and openness. I think that's a theme that no matter what it is, we try to keep those two things in mind. Absolutely. And, and we can see how, how that's very important. I, I don't have any children, but I have a niece and nephew and I spend a lot of time with them. And I remember when they were younger, their favorite part of me was my lap. They wanted to ride with me in the wheelchair. <laughs> um, and, and then um, I remember my nephew, um, since I'm a quad and my fingers don't work, the way I turn the TV back in the days before Alexa and all these other devices that we can use is I used to use my, my chin like this. So my nephew was like two years old. You saw him trying to trying to turn <laughs> like that. And, uh, and then he would also say, I want a chair like Uncle Paul. But Uncle Paul had to have a frank conversation with him to let him know why I was I was in this wheelchair. And then he started to understand, okay, you're not in here just for fun. You're in it because you, you can't move. So so these, these these frank conversations that we have really, really helps out, helps out the family uh, environment when it comes to that. Now, you mentioned something, Kara, about the about the stairs and, 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 and the stereotype and things like that. And until I'm sure, you know, we all have, have dealt with things like that. How do you deal with that situation with with Educating your kids, okay, not to get upset about it, but to not be ashamed about it, but to you know, what, what type of way do you do you try to help them help them to see that if that when that when that comes across? Yeah, I definitely work to validate their feelings in the moment. I think that sometimes we get this message that our job as disabled people is to educate others and that we have to have a positive attitude because we don't want to be, you know, the angry person with a disability that in the moment, but, you know, that's really not treating people like uh, individuals and humans <laughs> who have their right. All of us have our rights to have, you know, grumpy days and days that we don't feel like ask, answering a really personal invasive question. And um, my kids have also been faced with those questions about their mom from a very early and their dad, actually, my husband is also in a wheelchair. So, you know, to have your parents questioned um, and sometimes with a tone that is not just about curiosity. Sometimes there's a judgmental tone, like what's wrong with your mom? Um, you know, and as far back as like, you know, your mama jokes go, this is not something that kids respond well to. So I think that sometimes there's this mixed message where we were told like kids should always like answer the question nicely. And I've definitely validated in my kids that yes, if you feel like answering, here's, here's some things you can say, let's practice. And if you feel like that they're being rude or intrusive, or you can always, you know, politely say, um, I don't feel like talking about that right now, or I mean, sometimes I've even empowered my kids to say, you know, the way you said that it sounded really rude. I don't know if that's how you meant it, but it's important to empower them and not. Uh, so my priority is their mom is them, not just this general like goal that we should always educate. I love that. And, and too, your, your son is, is literally <laughs> six years old and and I'm sure his filter is not as fine tuned <laughs> as, as others. So, so how, do, how do you how do you help your son? Uh, when it comes to something like this. 
Yeah, it's interesting to hear Kara talk about it. Like I haven't gotten to that part, yet, that phase yet with him. And I think it's because before COVID, he was in preschool mm-hmm. and I would drop him off and pick him up from preschool. And the kids were young enough there. They, they would see my wheelchair and just be curious or they would think it was cool. And they'd be like, what is that? The wheels, cool. Like, and I would say, oh, I'm in a wheelchair. My legs are hurt. And he just he started kindergarten um, when you through COVID. So it was remote and now he's back hybrid, but I don't go into the school yet. I just drop him off. They have us just drop him off. So I haven't really interacted with, with the kids or with, with, you know, just because of COVID we've been, you know, isolated in, in the house. And so I know that's a conversation that's going to come up now with, with at his age and, now you have me thinking like should i be doing some prep talk with him like hey your your friends are maybe going to be curious or they might gonna ask questions like i don't know that's a good i don't know how maybe i should approach this now you know that's yeah. why I'm, i love we're having this conversation uh, yeah because there's there's others out there um like, like many of you you know who have older kids younger kids and they're just not sure how how to deal with this conversation i think one thing we, we should never be, be embarrassed about this conversation you ladies both do a tremendous job of empowering this and this is who we are and and this is this is, this is how we want to be treated and, and i'm not going to be treated any other way and then we appreciate you know both of your your views on this and well, let's talk about the interaction with the soccer moms out there um that that you may interact with um because we know kids can be one way but what about the what about the parents or what about the teachers some of the experiences that that, that you have and you guys can be frankly honest if they were jerks and you had to put them in their place i mean this is a real conversation that we're having because we want to try to try to help people see the the real conversation so please uh you both share your thoughts on that and we'll start off with uh with you first uh kara please yeah um it's kind of reminding me teal of what you were saying or when we come out of this like weird covid period there's going to be relationships that my kids have built with people online who have never seen me as you've mentioned so one of the things we have talked a little bit about is like hey do your do your friends like does it ever come up that we're in a wheelchair and um and we've talked about how it doesn't necessarily need to it's not like you have to feel like but we've kind of compared it over our dinner table discussions to decisions we've had to make about employment so you know in some job interviews that i've gone to i've decided to let them know beforehand and in others, I haven't. And when I choose not to, I try to prepare myself for that moment of like shock and <laughs> surprise. And that moment is one that I also encounter when I meet teachers sometimes. Some are very, you know, either they have a better poker face, but I can think of one particular year that our family rolled in and I get that we're a lot to take in. I mean, both my husband and I are in wheelchairs. We had my son who was just adopted from China. So he was chattering in Chinese. <laughs> we had you know, and, and um, so we had, you know, we're a big production, um, but this very new teacher was, it was visibly, she was like, whoa. <laughs> like, and um, in that moment, you know, I try to just talk to her, I think, and demonstrate that I'm here for the same reason that everybody else is. There definitely is sometimes a feeling for me and disconnect in moments like that. Like, I wish that we could just make it about the kid that we're there for you know and it doesn't have to be about and I feel the same about I guess what would classify as like soccer moms I you know I sometimes have a harder time connecting in the mom community because um for some people it's just uh they don't see that we have probably more in common than we don't and some mom I mean we talked earlier about kids asking questions but 
some moms, I think, have not been able to overcome their own curiosity. And so they've asked my kids questions like, well, how do your parents do X, Y, Z? And, you know, my kids tell me this and I, yeah, I would really rather adults ask me than my kids. Um, But it does lead to that like hard, you know, feeling about not belonging even within your own peer group of other moms. So that's why I'm so thankful to have other moms with disabilities who kind of get both sides of it. And I've definitely relied on that as a source of support. You know, know, even as a married person, um, I have asked my wife questions and I'm right there. My wife's like, he's right there. Why are you looking at me? You know, my, my <laughs> wife's kind of gangster. You know, she grew up in the South right. LA, so she, she kind of rough around the edges. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's interesting how, how, you know, they feel they can't approach us with certain things. And, and it's really sad. And, and again, I, I hate to beat a, uh, beat the drum over and over again. That's why this conversation is so vitally important. And we hope that others who are not a part of the, the community listen to this because this is just basic life skills that can help ones out, you know, just communicating. So yeah, we appreciate you sharing that, uh, Karen Till. Uh, let's get your thought on that, please. Yeah, well, I a couple weeks ago, we went to, River got invited to a birthday party now that people are getting vaccinated and it was going to be a backyard party, one of his friends in kindergarten. Um, you know, so they invited us and I was like, it's at their house in the backyard. And as a, as a mom in a wheelchair, there's that, well, is their house accessible? Like I want to go and I want River to go. I don't want him not to be able to go because it's because of his mom. So, you know, I'm doing like a Google map search of their house and like trying to get an aerial shot and like look around and I kind of realized like, okay, I I think it will work. Like there, you know, my husband's going to be with me. He can help me down the little back thing if I need it. And and so we go, but nobody there knew, like none of the other parents there, I, had, I hadn't met any of them. Nobody, none of them knew I was in a wheelchair. I don't think any of, of River's other kids knew, you know, the, knew I was in a wheelchair. And I was like, ner- so nervous. Like I didn't tell my son <laughs> I was nervous. I didn't even like mention it to my husband, but I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> you know, like, I hope this goes okay. And um, it, it was fine. Like the kids were all preoccupied with plane and there's a birthday party and there's a trampoline and there was a Pokemon hunt thing. And they could have like cared less about the mom in the wheelchair, like over there. They didn't even notice me um, for the most part. And, and then, you know, and the moms were fine. They, you know, they, uh, I've met different ones. You could tell they were kind of curious. Maybe they kind of just like the way they looked at me, but it would never like, sometimes I'll just bring it up myself or, or talk about something. Uh, but there was really never the opportune point to do that or, or whatnot. And it, it it, it was fine, but it is that, it is kind of that, that thing of like, there's a part of me that wants to talk about it or, you know, talk about the things I do and, 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 and stuff. And, 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 you know, sometimes I do feel that pressure to like put other people at ease, like, you know, it's okay. And I still do all these cool things and I, I have a great life. And, uh, but, uh, but it, it was fine. It, it was fine, but it was awkward on my end a little bit. Um. <laughs> yeah, Till, I, I know that feeling. Um, it it kind of feels like you, you have an enema, doesn't it? Where you have that uneasy feeling in your stomach and you're like, oh, oh what's going on? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I don't mean yeah. to get anybody out, but yeah, that feeling right there. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of gets you. Now, when it comes to, let's say, different terminology out there, um, we know that the kids and grownups can, can be kind of cruel when they try to describe us. I've been described as 
as crippled. I've been de- described as, oh, were you shot? You know, all these different things that go through people's mind. How, how can, can parents have the conversation with their children um, when it comes to like different names or different phrases they'll hear about us and how those phrases are not acceptable um, just in our community and, and, and the way we live now. And, and so we'll start with you on that one. What do we think about that? Uh, how can parents um, help their children out in this regard? Yeah, well, um, I, I I think disability and disabled are the words that, that our community likes to use. And so I think it's go, it's okay to say disability or disabled or a person with the, some people like person with the disability, person first, the disability or disabled person. But I think it's, I always just reinforce those words, like with my son or if I'm, a, I'm a around people, I just, I, I say those words. And so that's what they hear. And I think it's okay to ask a person with a disability, maybe like what they, what they prefer to be, you know, uh, identified as. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and if I hear maybe a word that I, I don't think is used, I think in a nice way, like, hey, we, we really don't use that word. That's can be, that's offensive in the disability, disabled, the community, and you should use this, like just in a nice way. Like, cause I think of most people, they're not, some people, I guess it depends the context, but most people just may not know. And I think people are kind of, tiptoe around it because they don't know what to say and because it has evolved and it's changed and and it's okay not to know you know even as a disabled person sometimes it's you know you're figuring all that out too so yeah you touched on a very good point and we can look at even what people used to call different races out there that that mm-hmm. were acceptable at the time that will basically get you beat down now if you say things like that now <laughs> but, but, but you're right you know we look at the progression of things and that really shows as as human beings how how we can evolve our thinking into a higher plane of of just being able to to use words that shows that that we all are human that we all want to be humanized that we're we don't want to be uh, a segment of the population that's like pushed over in a corner and say oh let's go pet pet pat their head oh they're so cute and things like that no but we we want to be individuals we recognize them too and uh and Kara, i want you why don't you please uh share your thoughts on that too if you don't mind yeah i think language is powerful and definitely evolves over time um and we i mean i'll alternate Personally, just in my own preference is identity first language. So I usually identify as a disabled woman, but professionally, I know that um, a lot of people, especially professionals without disabilities, prefer person first. So I kind of alternate between person first or identity first, person first being person with a disability. But I mean, the most important thing is what Teal said, just using the words um, and really not trying to use different euphemisms. You know, in the school system, special needs is really emphasized, but there's no history or culture or even rights that are attached to special needs. So when I hear that word, it sometimes to me signals that a person doesn't feel comfortable saying disability, which if we don't feel comfortable just saying that word, then we don't feel comfortable with a lot of other things associated with it. Um, Another thing with language that I talk through with my kids is my daughter is in an integrated classroom, so she doesn't have a disability, but about half of her classmates do. And so sometimes as she's working through the kids with different diagnoses like autism or um, other behavioral disabilities, she'll say, oh, you know, this my friend, she can't talk. 
and I say, you're right. She, she doesn't talk right now. Um, but it's interesting because an adult would say that, you know, she's nonverbal. And one of the things that I work with when I work with physicians and uh, those in the healthcare fields that are learning, you know, their trades is I say, um, okay, she's nonverbal, but how does she communicate? And I can do the same thing with my four-year-old. When I talk to her about this friend, I say, how do you know she likes something? And she says, oh, she claps and she laughs and she looks at me. And so we talk about how, you know, that friend is still communicating, but some of our language we use as adults, you know, is much more restrictive and we're not, you know, we're not treating people as whole people. And uh, I think that that is the most important thing with language. And, and really it, it comes with, context and you know so many things too it strikes to me I also don't really respond very positively to the word cripple even though I know that some in our community have you know taken that word back and find a lot of pride in it but I think my experience relates to growing up in Kentucky where people would sometimes say well there's that cripple girl and by no means did they mean that in like a culturally proud way <laughs> so so for me, I totally get it that other people have adopted that word and feel pride in it but for me again that the, my own history with the word is not such that it resonates with me. So disability or disabled definitely is a good starting point. I get it. I definitely <laughs> get it. And, and, and ladies, I know when we got together and, and had a chat before, uh, we're talking about like some, some good resources out there or some good things that people can read to, to kind of help them out. And, and why, don't you, why don't you share that with us if you don't mind? And uh, Till, we'll start off with you. Yeah, I think it's important for parents like to, to educate themselves and their children. I think just relying on, you know, disabled people that you see in public to answer all your questions and, and, and whatnot, that's that's not fair to that that person. And so the more, you know, research and, and stuff and introducing it to your kids uh, you can do, the better. Uh, there is a great book uh, that's coming out in September. You can pre-order by Emily Ledeau. It's called Demystifying Disability. I really recommend that. Uh, and then, uh, Kara, I know you had a children's book. Uh, and then also before I go, I'd also say, too, go go on Netflix and watch the documentary Crip Cramp. Crip Camp. Um, it's not necessarily for your kids. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know if it's depending on how old your kids are. But I definitely, as a parent, I would uh, uh, recommend checking that out. And I'll turn it over to you, Kara. Yeah, um, we love kids' book. And we did actually watch Crip Camp Teal. I watched it with my soon-to-be 11-year-old. I'm already okay. giving her credit for that. And 14-year-old um, with some, like, caveats, with some Perhaps. discussions. There's yeah. a, a segment where the camp catches crabs and we had to <laughs> that a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, so there's some, so I think it would depend on your level of openness with your kids with some things, yeah. but um, and they felt like so cool because there's like some cussing in it. So, so. Um, but yeah, th we love kids books too. Some kids books, you know, promote messages about disability that uh, are questionable themselves. The idea of like uh, it, a disability is primarily something to be helped and that you're a good person as long as you help the person with a disability. And that kind of portrays the person with a disability not as a person, but as this flat, like, 
uh, entity that needs help from everybody. So we read through books and if it has messages like that, we talk about them because I really want them to question messages around disability. I try to take that approach rather than like not having any of those books on my shelves because my kids are gonna get negative messages of disability and so are yours. And so um, some standouts that are really incredible just released in the last year are um, What Happened to You? that is written from a kid's perspective of being asked that about his own amputation. And it walks through his different feelings. Like sometimes he doesn't mind, but sometimes he just like to play. And um, so I like that it, it, encount it approaches that in a more authentic way than, than the, the idea of like, just ask if you have a question and that person will always just answer in a very friendly way. <laughs> Um, and another one that I just actually got yesterday, and I think it's called The Way We Move. It's amazing. It's illustrated really beautifully, has different types of disabilities, and I would really recommend that one too. And um, last, I, I think you can also, you know, diversify your feeds on social media. Um, on Instagram, there's some really incredible accounts. Um, Ableism is Trash stands out, and so does um, Teaching is Intellectual. Those two are ones that um, are some go-tos for me of just learning new content um, and, you know, seeing content in my social media feeds, I think is for me a helpful way as a parent to think about ways we can talk about these two. And, and because my kids, as they're approaching those teen years, you know, they also have social media feeds. And so I want to recommend positive things they can add to their feeds too, which you know, of course, they really appreciate because it's exactly what they're looking for as teenagers. But you know, it's what Karen, I can do with mom. You got, you got to teach me the teach me the game <laughs> when it comes to uh, tricking them algorithms because my social media always come up with trash and everything. I don't even want to. I know it's. I don't. You know? I, yeah, I don't know if it actually enters into their feed just because I follow it for them, but wishful thinking on my part, you I guess. Gotta, you got to, you got to help a brother out with that. All right. That's yeah. <laughs> You know, and and talk about Crip Camp. This have, really has nothing to do with the conversation we have right now. But wasn't it cool to see a young Judy Human and then and then Jim Lebrecht when they were younger? I mean, that was so cool. And the other yeah. stuff, like Judy was Judy was a fireball back then. She still is a fireball, but 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 to see her in action um, was truly uh, truly empowering uh, to to def definitely see that. And, and ladies, for the remainder of our of our conversation. Um, would you have like an open forum of, of, of things that that that's really important to you when, when it comes to this uh, comes to the subject? And um, why don't we start off uh, with you, Kara? Uh, OK, um, you know, there are so many things. I think a really basic message that I try to, um, you know, put forth within our family and hopefully beyond is just that families come in all shapes and sizes. and. Um, I've been really fortunate that I also am able to research parenting with a disability and the findings um, that we have explored support the fact that, you know, there are unique strengths within families uh, with disability too. A lot of times we talk about kind of just the deficits or how people can overcome the deficits to be kind of this baseline of okay. But I also think that people miss out on the other side of that picture in that, you know, problem solving. I mean, when Teal talked about checking out the Google map, like that is something I too have done so many times. <laughs> you become this like accessibility detective and there is this motivation of not wanting your kid to bear the brunt of inaccessibility, ableism. Um, and that is like a deep, 
you know, part that can be hard to deal with because one thing for me, but I don't want my children to have to deal with this um, in different ways. So, but again, that problem solving, that resilience, that adaptiveness, um, all of those are things that I think most of us as parents want to build up in our kids, whether they have disabilities or parents have disabilities or not. So I try to remember that there's two sides of the coin um, and, uh, and just, take it day by day, which I think is a good parenting strategy anyway. So, Kara, don't you hate, until you probably have the same feeling too, when you are the disability detective and you check out <laughs> every nook and cranny of where you're going to go, you think you have everything just planned out. And then when you get there, it's like <laughs> all of us become schlep rock. You know what I mean? Why you watch and things just don't work out for us. Isn't, I mean, I'm sure you've dealt all yeah. that, right? And you know what's so funny is like I could have just messaged that mom and said, "Hey, I, I'm River's mom. I, I use a wheelchair. Like, what's the deal?" You know, I could have just asked, and I don't know why I didn't. I just decided I'm just going to show up in my in my wheelchair. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and so <laughs> anything in this discussion that, that you really want to get? Yeah, a I don't. You know, the other day my son was like. He, he got sad and he was like, mama, I wish you could do jumping jacks with me. And I said, well, even though mom can't walk, I can still do jumping jacks. And so I showed him, um, you know, how I just move my arms and I bounce up and down. And then we started doing that together and, <laughs> and it was fun. So I just, you know, I, and I, I think I'm just going to have to realize like as, as a mom, there's going to probably, there's going to be certain things that I'm not going to be able to go do with him like and but there are so many things that I can do with him and there's things that I do really well with him and I think those are the things that that I focus on and and I've just found so many gifts about being a, a mom who uses a chair like Kara was saying like there's so many things besides like you know I already mentioned he the closeness of him sitting on my lap I think there's something really special about being on the same level as kids like I'm on the same eye level as most kids. And so kids like, you know, connect with me and they, they, I think they, they feel that connection cause I'm on their level. And, and there are so many other little things that, that, that come up too. And so I, that's what I focus on. No, I, I know how you feel because uh, before COVID, you know, whenever, I, whenever I'm around young kids who are about uh, my height, but I'm like six foot six. So I'm like five <laughs> foot in my chair. So it's like a big deal. But, 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 but you know, but you know when, when kids, or right, um, I love you. You're right. You're right, Till. I mean that that for something they, they feel less intimidated than this big old mm -hmm. burly character walking around. They're all scared, but yeah, absolutely right. And what can we do as a community to talk about this very important subject even more? Do we need more focus groups, or maybe there's focus groups out there, Facebook groups out there, moms with disabilities or kids with disabilities? How important it is for also to have the kids with disabilities to get together and and have a little chat too. I'll start off with you, Till. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, it's one of the big thing, things is representation. I mean, I'm an actress. I am I'm so interested in media and, and the uh, representation of people with disabilities in the media authentically. So I think the more we see uh, people with disabilities and children's books and in movies and in cartoons and all those things, uh, the better. And um, 
what was I saying? <laughs> so that's sorry. That's that's a big thing, and and um, and I and I think it's. Um, yeah, it's 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 parents. I think sometimes as a, a like I've said before, it's the parents taking the initiative if you can to 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 learn and it, and it's and it's knowing that it's okay not to know and it's okay to tell your child I don't know. Let's learn together. Let's research this together. Let's figure it out. And and I think that's that's good. And um, like you know, Kara was saying, like there's there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of bad information though. So you've got to like weed through that. Um, awesome. Okay. No, I, I love I love that child and 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 Kara, let's get your take on it too, my dear. Yeah, um, I definitely think there are groups out there you can connect to. Um, I co-founded along with two friends of mine, um, Aaron Andrews and Robin Powell, the Disabled Parenting Project, and we were initially starting as that research effort to find out more, but we quickly quickly realized as well that community support was needed. So we have a Facebook presence as well, um, and some other social media, but really our Facebook group is a place that parents with disabilities can connect. And there are some great opportunities for kids with disabilities also. And then I think I hope to see more opportunities for kind of families like mine where that we have this disability layer in common, but like my daughters don't have disabilities, but they would love opportunities at times to connect with, especially my 11 year old, to connect with other kids like her who have parents with disabilities. Um, and I don't see as much of that out there um, yet, but I think that as we're realizing that, um, you know, our families are becoming more diverse and we want to make these connections and it's easier now with technology that we will see more. And I definitely echo what Teal said with the representation, that's so critical. I mean, my kids at their ages can definitely recognize a super fake stock photo. And so it still baffles me that like marketing people can't. And I mean, there are so many qualified, incredible, you know, opportunity, you know, options to cast better that I just hope we see, um, improvements in that both in in film and other forms of media because our families deserve to be represented too and i think that that would make a, a critical difference in um the way others see us as well amen <laughs> that that is i i love that i'm glad you both glad you both shared that because you're you're, you're absolutely right absolutely right and, and ladies i want to thank you both for being part of this uh part of this discussion and and, and before I let you go, any any closing thoughts you'd like to say out there to the audience, the viewer, the listener, or just, just in general out there? Um, why don't we start off with you, Till? Yeah, I just want to thank you for having this conversation and for inviting us. I think it's just like the more we, you know, talk about this and are open and connect with one another, the better. Awesome. And Kara. Um, yeah, thank you for having us. This has been a fun conversation. And thanks to those that have listened to. I mean, I think the willingness and the openness to think about these ideas and approaches is, you know, so much a huge part of the journey. So thanks to everybody who's listening as well. Awesome. And until as we go out, let's do some jumping jacks together. Let's go ahead. There's yeah. <laughs> a cardio going. There we go. There we go. There we go. I'm not going to claim it. I can't. What an awesome chat with Kara and Teal. Enjoy getting their perspective as mothers and also some real life situations that have come up with them and 
things that we can learn from it. So we really appreciate having get some great resources out there uh, that can help parents. And also some things we can look for in the horizon. Uh, maybe that support group for children who have family members that are disabled. It'd be nice for them to get together and, and chat it up as well. You heard it first here on United on Wheels podcast. I'm Paul Amadeus Lane. But before I go, again, 75th anniversary here at the United Spinal Association. Yes, it's our anniversary. So make sure you go check out this amazing opportunity for you uh, to win some prizes throughout the year. We're trying to drive up our memberships. And the, the best way to do that, again, here's the website. It is unitedspinal.org, 75th dash anniversary. And if you have any problems finding that, just go to unitedspinal.org. And there you'll see something that says 75th. There you go. Learn about 75th anniversary and more. Bam. Whoop, there it is. So you can definitely check that out. And don't forget some of the other great resources that we have on, on, the, on the website. Uh, these resources are amazing. The, the, the tech access group that I'm a part of, um, that's uh, spearheaded by my amazing, beautiful friend, Brooke McCall, uh, and also the uh, other great resources out there, products and services, uh, membership, your rights. And if you're struggling, you need some support, bam, we got you covered right there. So definitely check out our amazing website. Until next time, stay well, stay safe. I love you all to life. Please take care of yourself.